Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Come on now, there's a couple of us in the house, and we got to be loud enough that they hear us back at home. So how you doing today? All right, that's better, that's better. And I know some of you back home are pretty excited. Maybe you're stayed in your, your pajamas with your favorite sports team on. You're going to worship the Lord, and then you're going to sit in front of the TV and watch the return of football. But before you do that, we want to invite you this morning. And I want to invite everybody who's here with us this morning. Let's just honor God. Let's just yield all that we have. Let's come before God and say, God, we worship you. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I'm here or I'm ready, but I'm not, I'm not there yet, Pastor Ray. And I could say, hey, that's okay. Just come along on the journey. Just begin by saying, God, I want to be here with you now. Wherever you're at, God, I want to be here with you now. God, I want, I want to hear from you, and I want to be in your presence. We're thankful for the chance to gather together in person again. And, and uh, we're, we're doing this here this morning in person. And then we'll repeat this again at 11 o'clock on the front lawn. And so maybe this will be so enticing that you'll say, hey, you know what? I want to come and join at 11 as well. But, but either way, this morning, I'm praying that you would have an encounter with God. You would have a moment where you're encouraged and a moment where you know that you are before the King of Kings. So as we sing, as we listen, as we give, as we share elbows with each other in order to stay distant and not high five or, or hug, but as we as we seek to be a part of the community and the fellowship together, I believe God is present this morning. So receive this prayer as we prepare our hearts for this time of worship. Father, would you make yourself known? Would you invade the, the space in our lives? not just be present in the room or not just present in our living room or our, our kitchen or, or laying in bed still watching on, on our phones or however it is we're engaging this morning. But you, would you be present deep within us? God, would we experience you in ways that would change our realities? Would you prepare our hearts to sing to respond by saying yes to the truth of the scriptures? Would you move upon us to be faithful and participate in giving and, and furthering the mission of the church? God, I thank you for what you've already done, and I thank you for what you're doing. And God, I just pray that you would meet us in this time of worship. We're going to sing, God. We're going to sing. We might hum along. Nobody's around us. We might sing really loud. For those of us in our space here together, we're going to sing behind our masks. God, I pray that you would be the one that we sing to. So receive this now, the posture of our hearts. No matter whether we're gathered in person or whether we're gathered virtually, we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together, church. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out today um, that today is Grandparents' Day. Did I get it right? Hey, hey, hey. For those who don't know, my mom is here. And so 
And that means she's also grandma to, uh, to my four kids. And so um, to anyone out there who's a grandparent, then maybe you're online or any grandkids out there, you can celebrate your grandparents, however that story goes. But I um, really want to just say we're glad you're here. We're glad you're with us. We're glad to connect. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, so if you dropped off and then dropped back on, we're glad you're back on with us. Pastor Ricky, can I get a thumbs up? Are we on? We're on. He's got it going again. That's awesome. And, uh, and I trust that, uh, that some folks are jumping back on with us online. But for those of you who are in the house with us now, we're going to look at, uh, and we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn there. You can open up electronically or however you want to make that happen. Um, if you want to just note these down and just check them out later, that's fine too. But uh, I'm going to walk through, um, really through a, a number of the Proverbs, because today I really just want to talk about uh, this, this, this phrase right here. Who you surround yourself with influences who you become. Who you surround yourself with influences who you become. And uh, in the first seven verses in Proverbs chapter 1, it just gives you kind of the outline of where, where uh, the, book, the entire book is going. And, but after that, I'm going to be shouting out some verses for us to look at all throughout the book. So this would be a good time for you uh, to exercise your thumbs and uh, either clicking on the phone or flipping the pages, however that would happen. God, would you bless your word? that it would land in our lives, Father, and that it would cultivate within us, transform a heart within us that would be ready, God, ready to, uh, to allow you to do a great work. And as a result, Father, our lives would be changed. God, I do believe there is wisdom in evaluating who we surround ourselves with that we might understand who we are becoming. So, Jesus, we welcome you to do this work in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, who was the king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen. And add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. King Solomon teaches... uh, uh, about healthy relationships all throughout Proverbs. He talks about kind of the, the way in which we live and the wisdom that comes with it. The, the, the summary of his points are that relationships define our reality. That relationships define our reality. Let me help us make sense of that for a second. If you got something to write with, you can write this down. If not, you can kind of just picture it in your mind. Who are the three most important people in your life? Who are the three most important people of your life? If you had something to write with, I would just say, write their initials down on a piece of paper, right? You know, like RG. That's, that's one. No? Okay, well, somebody might say that out there. But, but anyway, so who are the three most important people in your life? And then if you really took a moment to think about those three people, you might ask yourself some questions. What makes this person so important to me? What makes this person uh, what is it that this person brings in relationship to me that influences me in such a way that I put them on a list of 
the three most important people in my life. Now, surely you might think, well, your mom or your dad or one of your kids are, are the most important, one of the most important people in your life, and that's fine. But it's not just because of the value that they are to you in terms of uh, bloodline. What else is it about them that makes you say, you know, this is why this person is so important to me? I want to suggest to us that the book of Proverbs says there's only three categories for people. Now, do me a favor. Wherever you're at, just take a deep breath. Like, breathe it in. Now, don't breathe it out in a way that would be weird. Just swallow it. But you got that, you know, I, I just needed to sit back for a moment and receive this because at first it just sounds harsh. Solomon says there's, that every single one of us fits in one of three categories. Are you ready? Okay, Sabrina's ready. I hope somebody else is coming along with her. All right, so Solomon says that he says you're either you're either evil, you're a fool, or you're wise. He says there's no in between. There's no middle ground, and there's no fourth category. There's these three categories: you're evil, you're a fool, or you're wise. Now, I'll go a little bit further to suggest to you that throughout the entire book, he says you're actually all of those things at some point if you're a child of God. He says every one of us is born evil. Now, this is hard to swallow because nobody wants to think of themselves as evil. And because probably when you think of evil, you think of bad, bad people. You think of somebody who's doing something absolutely wrong. Wicked. Jeremiah says nobody knows the wickedness of one's heart. So prior to a relationship with God, friends, let me say this. We're evil. Entering into a relationship with God, we realize something. What do we realize? Well, we realize we were evil, and we realize just how foolish we are. Foolish being the absence of wisdom. We realize just how immature we are. Just how, how, how infantile we are, right? And then we begin to seek wisdom. We begin to say, God, I, I need you. That's an act and a cry. For wisdom. God, I want to understand. God, I want to be postured before you. We're evil. We're foolish. And we seek wisdom. Now, you might be thinking, I hope this sermon gets a little happier, right? And it, it, it will, it will, because I think there's a way for us to all begin or continue that trajectory of moving along. Let me help you. If you have, uh, if you have your, um, your Bibles, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, the question I want you to ask yourself is this. Who do I surround myself with? Who did I write down on the paper? But even beyond it, even beyond those three, like who's my circle? Who are the people that I, that I call on the phone, that I hang out with, that I talk to at work? Like who are the people who are really engaged in my life? Proverbs chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says this. It says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. 
He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. One of the questions to ask about who we're surrounding ourselves with is, is, are we surrounding ourselves with people who are trajectory or who are moving forward? In other words, are are the people in my life that are influencing my life, are they they lazy? Solomon suggests that we can define that by, are they willing to work? Are they willing to put their hands to it? Right? You know, somebody might say nowadays that you have, you, you know, you have people who work, and then you have people who work hard not to work. Well, Solomon suggested there's something about those who work, who say, I'm willing to go after it. I'm willing to work toward it. That speaks to a, spa- a space of wisdom or a place of wisdom in their life. Look at uh, 1320, Proverbs 1320. Whoever now walks with the wise will become wise. Check this out. He says, whoever walks with the wise will become wise. However, whoever walks with fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with fools will suffer harm, but those who walk with the wise will become wise. Pastor Ray, why is it so important that we're talking about the people in our lives that are around us and how they influence us? It's because Solomon believed that if we put ourselves around the right people, we would trajectory, we would move in that direction. But if we put ourselves around the wrong people, we would trajectory. We would move in that direction. We would be drawn in one way or the other. He says this in in 14.7. He says, stay away from fools for you won't find knowledge there. How many of us have ever gone to somebody to seek advice or counsel? And in hindsight, we now know we went to the wrong person. Ever happened to anybody? Maybe just me. Anybody ever invite somebody's opinion into your life and later on say, you know what? That was not the right person to ask that to, right? And all of a sudden, the, the voice in our head now that we've invited in is somebody who's, who's leading us or pointing us in a direction other than the way that we should be moving. Solomon says that that in itself is foolish. 27.6, wounds from a friend are better than many kisses that come from an enemy. So this circle of people who we're going to invite to influence our life is super important because everything that they bring, everything that they offer has great value in our lives. Then he says this in 27.9, he says, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is sweet. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is sweet. Those same people you wrote down, the, the, the three closest people to you, and then maybe expanded the circle to other friends beyond that. Let me ask you to, to make another note of something. Of those people, who is it that you're saying, please counsel me? Please be in my inner, inner circle. Please be a voice that leads in my life. I've got something going wrong. I'm not asking you just to, uh, just to acknowledge it. I'm asking you what I should do about it. Who are those people? whose voice is that welcome and that present in your life. 
So the first question we're answering today is, who, who do we surround ourselves with? We're thinking about why is it so important to surround ourselves with people who are, who, are, who are wise, people who are walking with God, people who have acknowledged that they once were evil and that they were indeed foolish. And there are still some foolish things about them, but they're moving into a place of wisdom. They're tracking along with God. The second thing we have to, t- to examine about the people whose, whose voices we invite in our lives are, are they people who you trust that they have fully yielded to God? Do you trust that the people whose voices are influencing your life have fully yielded to God? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that your land produces, and then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with the finest of wine. So surely Solomon is talking about how we handle our resources, but what he's ultimately saying is, God, everything goes to you first, and then you, then you, God, choose to bless how you will with that. Do you see that being practiced in the people who voice you invite in your life? Will you say, Pastor Ray, I don't know how much money they give. I'm not not just talking about the money that they give somewhere. Are the people whose voices are in your life, are they generous? Are they gracious? Are they people who are quick to assist? Do they live a life that reflects being yielded to God as if God is Lord, big L, over their life? Not big L, that's capital L. Proverbs 13.11 says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work continues to grow. Things that we can grab quickly slip away quickly, but things we work toward, there's this sense that, that as we work toward it, that God is blessing it. Do you see this being practiced in the lives of the people you surround yourself with? Maybe you want to understand it better the way Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 6. I'd ask you, is this a principle that you see being played out in the people's lives whose voice you invite in? Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them up in heaven where they will never lose their value in the safe and will be safe from thieves. If, it, if your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. Friends, I want to say this as as clearly as I can. I believe God's desire for us is to be generous people. I believe God's desire for us is to be gracious people. And if the people who are influencing your life are not reflecting that, it's going to be hard for your trajectory to point in that direction. So we examine the circle we have around us are those people who we trust that they have fully yielded to God. Third question for this morning. Do the people in my inner circle reflect biblical wisdom? Do they reflect biblical wisdom? Can we get an amen that there's a difference between wisdom and biblical wisdom? All right, so like there's like streetwise, that's that's important. There's like money-wise, that's important. There's like life, you know, kind of just based off of a length of life wisdom. That's important. But none of those things supersede biblical wisdom. 
God defines truth. God defines justice. God defines what's right. God defines how we ought live. God defines what step goes before the next step. That is biblical wisdom. That is wisdom that comes from the Lord. Proverbs 17, 27. A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even killed or even tempered. Part of biblical wisdom is understanding that God has called us to be here, to be right here, not to be here, to be right here, to be steady, to be present. 1218, some people make cutting remarks, but those words of the wise bring healing. Do the people in your inner circle bring healing in your life? Do they speak words of encouragement in their counsel? Do they say words that build you up versus tearing you down? I confessed to you nine years ago that my love language, or my, my, my person, not my love language, my, my, uh, my, my, my native language was sarcasm. I was in about month three of pastoring this church, and I said, church, I need you to start praying for me because I speak sarcasm all the time. Sarcasm intentionally cuts. And it erodes and it washes out the foundation. That's not biblical wisdom. That's not the way a wise person speaks. Are the people in your inner circle, are they people who are displaying words that build people up, that edify, that enrich? 2019, a gossiper tells secrets. So don't hang around those who talk too much. Proverb, uh, Solomon is talking about the fact that, that gossip is not of God and it and actually erodes trust. It, it, it decays, it breaks away the trust we have with one another. And so his word to us, watch this, his word to us when you're evaluating your inner circle, this is going to be a hard one, try to stay with me on this. He says, if the person that you're trusting is a gossiper, move away. Move away. Break the relationship. Man, that's, that's hard. Part of the reason why it's so hard to break away from relationships with people who are not biblically wise. Well, number one, we tend to think that, oh, well, we'll be the person who draws them along. We'll be the person who brings them along. There's one thought. And then the second thought, by the time we're asking the questions, we're already emotionally invested in the relationship. We're already engaged in the relationship with them. And so, so now asking the question of should I move away seems so hard because I've already given so much of myself to the person. All the time, or not all the time, but occasionally somebody will come in and say, you know, Pastor Ray, uh, Miss Michelle, can, can I get your opinion about, about a relationship that I'm trying to get into with somebody? And we'll start talking, and we realize quickly that they're not asking for our, for our opinion because they've already engaged in the relationship. They're just simply wanting somebody to say this is a good idea. But then when you start to ask the questions about the person that they're engaging with or about their own health to be in the relationship, you realize there's nothing good about this idea. Solomon says if that's the case, get away. Break away from it. 
as hard as that might be, step away. Is the person, the people you're inviting in your inner circle, do they reflect godly wisdom? The last question I want to ask us this morning. Does your inner circle work and serve? Work and serve. Does your inner circle work and serve? In the 10th chapter of Proverbs, uh, Solomon talks about the relationship between a father and a child. And he says this. He says, a wise son brings joy to his father, while a foolish son brings grief to the mother's heart. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteous but righteousness delivers us from death. The Lord does not let righteous let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the cravings of the wicked. Does your life, let's start with your inner circle. Do, do, do the lives of the people in your inner circle, do they bring joy to the father or grief to their mother's heart? In other words, are they, are they people who, who you look at and say, man, like the things about these people are things that just make God happy. They just satisfy the Lord. That, that you as a friend or, or, or mom or dad as a parent would say, I'm proud of you. Or are they things, now when I, when I say bring grief to the mother's heart, it means this. Let me, let me share this with you real quick. I didn't grow up knowing the Lord. I was 16 by the time I came to know the Lord, and, and I was pretty aware of my foolishness, but not wanting to leave my foolishness even after I came to know the Lord. And you know what that did? It brought grief to my mother's heart. I know. We've never talked about this, and I'm not going to make eye contact with her right now, so I'm going to pretend she's on the other side of the screen. I know that my mom laid up at night praying that my life would look different. And I know that she was worried because she saw me making choices that didn't line up with the Father's desire for me. Friends, i got to say this as clearly as we can. The circle of people that we're going to allow to influence our life have to be people whose lives are pointed toward God. They have to be people who, 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 who are making choices daily that, that bring joy, not just to their earthly parents, but to their heavenly Father. James says in uh, the first chapter in the fifth verse, he says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let them ask God and he will give it to them freely. I've been asking you all these questions about your friends because I do believe that the reality is that the friends we have around us do indeed define the way in which our life looks. 
But now I want to ask you something even more personal. What about you? What about you personally? I mean, you're on somebody's list. Somebody who's listening right now has your initials on their paper as one of their top three or top five or top ten. And they're evaluating these questions about you. So let's just take a moment and evaluate the same questions about ourselves. First, are you somebody that you hope others are wanting to surround themselves with? You can answer that question by saying, do I personify wisdom? Do I look like somebody who is maturing in the Lord? Second, have I truly yielded my entire life to God? God, you can have my Sunday and my Monday, but leave my Tuesday alone. No, no, I'm somebody who's completely yielded my life to God. So, God, you want it? It's yours. You want to influence it? Please do. You want to, you want to give direction over it? Please take control. I yield it to you. Third, am I someone who is reflecting biblical wisdom in my counsel with others? When you knock, knock, knock on my door, can they trust that what they're going to get from me is something that is reflective of what God says in his word? We talked about this last week and the week before. In order to do that, in order to bring that edge back on our acts, we have to be, we have to be studying the word of God. We've got to know the word of God in order to counsel through the word of God. And so is my life, do I have something to offer in that direction? And then last, am I really working and serving? Am I really working and serving? Do I recognize that there's something about the action of using my hands that reveals the heart of the Father? Am I working and serving? Now, we talked a lot this morning. I want to kind of wrap this up for us real quick, and I'm going to kind of give you four things to help you to make sense of this. And so even if you just tracked along with everything kind of loosely, get these four because this will help, help us uh, know where to go going forward. If we want to grow in our relationship both with God and others, if we want to be people of wisdom who have something to offer in relationship to others, if we want to reevaluate our circle and invite people of wisdom into it, here are four steps that we should each be taking. First, James 1.5, seek wisdom from God. It's not my mom, it's not my wife, it's not my youngest child, it's God. God, you are the greatest influencer in my life. Wisdom that comes from the Father. Second, then I'm going to evaluate my circle and surround myself with people who reflect the wisdom of God. Evil, foolish or wise. I'm going to choose to surround myself with people who influence me who are wise. Third, I'm going to yield all the areas of my life to the Lord. Look, guys, I can't say this any more than I have. 
every one of us has an area of our life that we struggle to yield to God. I was at my kid's soccer game yesterday. Spent a whole day as a soccer dad. Pray for me. And then pray for my kids because I realize I am that dad. I run up and down. Everybody else sits in their lawn chair and watches the game. I run up and down the sideline. I got a bad foot. I hobble my way up and down the sideline. My daughter had her first soccer game. She has never played before. And I'm yelling from the sideline, move to the left. The ball is coming. You've got a strike. That's not a kick. What is that? My daughter looks at me. She gives me the thumbs up. That was code for be quiet. Every one of us has an area like that that we struggle to yield to the Lord. This isn't the platform for me to confess the other areas. I can make you laugh with that one, though. Are you yielding all the areas of your life to the Lord? And then fourth, be a continual learner who is able to say, follow me while I follow Christ. So I'll give them to you real quickly again. First, seek wisdom that comes from God. Second, surround yourself with people who are wise. Third, yield all the areas of your life to the Lord. And then lastly, be a continual learner who is able to say, follow me while I follow Christ. Friends, I believe that the circle of people that you surround yourself with. I believe that Solomon believed this. I believe the scripture supports this. The, per, the, the, pe- the circle of people you surround yourself with does indeed speak to the reality that becomes for your life. I also believe that what you and I who were once evil and are probably still a little foolish, having yielded our life to the Lord, are seeking to be wise. And as we grow in that direction, We have the opportunity to invite others, follow me, because I'm following Christ. Follow me, because I'm following Christ. Invite me into that circle with you, because I want to influence the way that Christ is influencing me. I don't know who's in your circle today. I don't know who you're going to turn to as you think these things through. And I don't know if some of you might actually need to weed the garden. But I believe this. The wisdom of the Father is present. Ask for it. He will bring it. And as you look around, I see people right here, right now, who would be great people for you to come up to and say, I don't need to learn all things from you, but I see this one thing in you. Could you help me understand that? You seem to be great at this. Could you help me grow in that? When I see you, I see joy. Can I have some of that? Let's invite the right people to be the influencers in our lives. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are indeed doing something miraculous. You're moving people from death to life. You're taking people who were evil, helping them to recognize how lost we are, and then inviting us into a a new life that is full and that is right and that is good. Now, Jesus, there may be some people who are listening today, maybe some people here in the room today who say, you know, I'm still, I'm at least foolish, if not evil. And I just want to be right. 
We want to be seeking wisdom. The first step in seeking wisdom is acknowledging that without God, we have nothing. And so if you're here today, or if you can hear my voice today, or, or whenever it is, you, 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 you tune into this. If you don't yet know the Lord to be the giver of life, if you have not yet said, God, I surrender to you, I invite you now to believe in the work of Jesus Christ. Believe in his life, his death, his resurrection. Believe in the holiness that comes only through him. And the way we enter into that is simply by saying, God, I blew it. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes along the way. But through you and your work on the cross, your death and your resurrection, God, I believe that you can cover me. So God, would you renew me as I believe in you? As I say yes to your son and the gift that he gives. And as I say yes to that gift, God, would you give me new eyes to see? Give me a heart's desire to pursue what is right. Would you make new my life? God, for each one of us who is already standing in that relationship, God, I pray that we would take this time to honestly evaluate who's influencing our lives. And surround us with godly men and women who look so much like you that it's contagious to each of us. We welcome the work of your spirit in our life as we worship you with one final song. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Come on, let's give Jesus another hand clap. God is worthy to be praised, amen, amen. Amen, just want to remind you to uh, tune in to Mr. Hicken, 5 p.m. on Saturdays on YouTube or on Facebook. And we're excited that we, uh, we started yesterday. It was, uh, it was good to see, you know, us back into worship at Mr. Hicken Church, amen. Man, just want to remind you to let that word that you just heard just kind of manifest in you and make it a part of your life as you as the week unfolds. Just meditate on that, you know, so that God can gather you around some good people that will lead you in the right direction towards righteousness. And try to shut an ear to those that gossip and talk about one another. God is a God of love, and we are people of love, so we need to love. Gossiping isn't love. But encouragement and uplifting, that's love. Sharing with one another, that's love. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. And so as we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your wisdom, Lord. Father, we thank you that you didn't give up on us. We thank you that you call us friends. And Father, we ask that you will gather us with like-minded people that are willing to call you their father as well. And Lord, we thank you for your ever-presence. We thank you for this time of worship. So Father, we say, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart 
be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the church say amen. Amen. Love somebody, hug somebody. Amen. Oh, don't hug nobody. Give him a high five. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.